0: Welcome back to the Project 24 blogging podcast. This is episode 187. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Today it's Ricky and I, Anna. I don't know if we can uh, do a little spoiler for Nathan. (laughs) He had some big news recently, so he's out of the office for a little bit. That's right. Yes, so excited yeah. to have him back eventually but <laughs> it's a it's a good thing anyway yep. maybe he'll share later or-
1: yeah exciting times for nathan um on top of that he's like finishing his last mm-hmm. semester of college and taking a heavy class load yeah like that guy just works all the time yes. between work family and and school yeah he's just I don't know what he's going to do when he's done with school. Right. He's going to be like, I have so much free time. Yeah. I'm going to start three more blogs. Yeah. Um, we'll see. <laughs>
0: yeah. He works like 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. here and then he goes directly home and does homework. Yeah. It's crazy. Yep. But he's he's getting through it. So that's exciting. All right. So today we wanted to talk a little bit about um, some questions and comments that we've seen in the community a few different times recently. And so... I'm gonna read off one in particular, but this applies to kind of all of those questions and it also applies to all of us in general. So uh, this question is from Tonight's Moon or I guess comment, sort of. So he says, sorry for making another post that is somewhat negative about Google updates. My site didn't get wrecked like some others, but I am 15% down recently. I've discovered from bigger drops before, 25%, and continued to grow to new heights. But it's just a reminder of how uncertain this income can be. It feels like I could potentially work hard to publish 100 plus more great posts this winter, but then still have equal or lower income next year if another update goes against me. So my motivation has been undermined a bit. My question is, how do you stay motivated to keep building your sites aggressively when you know it's possible that a Google update could roll back your progress at any time? But I kind of wanted to talk about this could be for various reasons, the motivation going down or just feeling like you might want to quit or when when the time is when you, you know, are thinking maybe your project isn't working out. Um, So, yeah, we want to talk a little bit about that today.
1: Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, it's tough. You know, starting with the question of like when to give up on a project, Uh, you know, I'm not one that likes to quit. You know overall something unless i just have had a direction shift like you know i want to do something different i don't want to blog like okay i'm not going to quit but then sometimes though there's a project that you're like okay this project is not working Mm -hmm. when is it time to give up and that's a tough one because this is such a like this whole thing it takes so long to get success and depending on the niche you're in Um, And depending on just how the first batch of articles you wrote does, Mm -hmm. your timeline could be longer or sometimes shorter. And so it's hard to know that it failed for like a couple of years. That's part of why we have the timeline. The idea there being to, to help you know, like, you know, am I on track from a page view standpoint? If I'm writing as many articles as is prescribed, um, then, am I getting the level of traffic that is kind of normal for this this amount of time and this amount of content? Uh, when we try to publish that that kind of information, when we can, um, we do surveys. You know, the last couple of years, we've done a, a survey based on the amount of content people have, how much traffic are they getting, how much income are they earning. And it's funny on YouTube, I see comments all the time like, "Whoa, I'm not anywhere near that." Where did you cherry pick these from? And I'm mm-hmm. like. I asked you, the YouTube audience, I asked (laughs) you, Project 24 members, like if these are like all of the data from every person who responds to the survey is included and averages are those numbers that I share. Um, And so anyway, it can be helpful, but at the same time, if you're below that timeline, it can feel like you're failing and it could just be that like it just is going to take a little bit longer. It could be, I mean, it could be a number of things. It could be that just your search analysis the first time through wasn't awesome, which is totally normal, by the way, if it's your first your first site. So like, there's so many factors. And so giving up, for me, it's more of a question of like, how bad do I want this? Is this project, this one, this site that I'm working on, is it one that I'm interested in and excited about? and I'm willing to keep working on it for a long time and I do want it to succeed but like I, I could give it longer because I really like the topic and I'm passionate about it or whatever then I'm probably going to keep going even if I'm behind on the timeline um, if it's more like I started a blog because I thought it would be a successful niche and it's not working and also I hate it okay <laughs> well then I'm probably just gonna say all right this was a good learning experience. Now let's pick a topic I like yeah. and let's move forward. That's how I feel on that one. But then like the motivation thing that how do you stay motivated? The um, You know, especially with Google updates, mm-hmm. but really every situation. Yep. It's just not working out. Um, really, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts around it. But, <laughs> um, I'm going to let, let you have a chance, Anna. What do, what do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I've gotten questions about this before and... For me, it goes back to like your initial why. Why did you start this project? If you're working full-time, what was it that pushed you yeah. to start this? Is it because you wanted more free time with your family, spend more time with them? Is it because you wanted to travel more? Is it because you want extra income or you need it or you want to you know quit your job entirely? Kind of go back to that and maybe uh, reevaluate if that's still your why. But if it is, then... Keep going. (laughs) Uh, Like you said, Ricky, if you're not even at the two-year mark yet, don't be so hard on yourself. I think I saw one post in the community. I believe it was a person working on a YouTube project, but they were only at three months (laughs) and they were uh, already losing motivation because they didn't think that their audience, their feedback, their subscribers, the analytics were looking the way they wanted it to And so they were already kind of getting discouraged. And so this is a long game. It's not an overnight success. And I don't think we've ever said that here. You know, we always say at least give it that, at least that two years, but it can take longer depending on your niche. So there's a lot of success stories. um, And there's even people who have posted their success stories and they say, well, I did the 36 month program, you know, but I'm glad I did and kept. Persevering because it really did turn out. Well
1: Yeah, I think I think those are all just great points when it comes to um, the Google updates it feels like and this was something that was commented here in the original comment, but it feels like how do you stay motivated knowing? that the income isn't consistent or whatever Um, Knowing that you can't guarantee it because Google could just take some of your traffic at any time um, one thing that I would keep in mind, and I think this for me, it helps to keep perspective. So, yes, in this business, like your income is never going to be totally predictable. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the that's actually the nature of like business ownership. Um, it's not predictable. Right. There's there. I mean, you can you can end up with a fairly consistent, regular business, but like if you're a dentist in town. And another dentist moves in just down the street, and it has better marketing, and their office seems super cool, and they have TVs on the ceiling <laughs> with cool glasses, and you can watch shows, and like, but but you aren't all hip like that, and you know? Yeah. Um, or maybe you know whatever, or something in the medical industry changes, and the dental insurance providers like mm-hmm. are being so crazy with you that all of a sudden they're not willing to pay for as much. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, like people are going to a different dentist or, yeah. or whatever, right? Or you have to charge less because for this or that, like in that kind of a business, there are things outside of your control because there are other outside forces at play. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, biz, a business school thing you learn, but um, Michael Porter talks about five forces that, that all have an impact on you. and on your business and, like, your suppliers, whatever that is. Like, in this case, like, WordPress is a supplier for us. They make a change that messes up something on our sites and suddenly our site speed screwed up. Um, The theme that you have decides to not push out updates for a long time and next thing you know, your your theme is no longer compatible with the latest version of WordPress. I mean, all those things are outside of our control. Um, Google is one of the biggest factors and outside players that, um, that impacts us. But Amazon's another, every time they cut commissions, you know, all of a sudden it's like, well, you cut your commissions in half. It used to be, that was a primary income stream for a lot of people. You just cut their income in half. It's a big thing. So anyway, that's kind of part of, of working for yourself. But the upside of that is it's inconsistent, but it also is uncapped. Mm -hmm. If you have a normal job, your income is just, like, it is whatever your employer sets it at, and growth is usually, in most companies, like, pretty limited. Yeah, Um, The last few years, I had a normal job.
0: The raises,
1: (laughs) like, were, like, not better than inflation. Uh, And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So three more years passes. I have three more years experience, and I'm getting paid the same as a brand new person because... Brand new salaries are being adjusted for inflation mm-hmm. and mine isn't. So oh, like, wow. you know, it's like, yeah. great. I'm, I'm so glad that you guys obviously don't care about keeping experienced employees. That's, that's just how it feels when, when that's the case. And so anyway, that's my, my point there is you can grow this. Um, yes, Google could hit you with an update or whatever, and we could lose 10, 15% of traffic. Okay, what mm-hmm. do we do with that? we move forward. Do you, would I rather go back to a normal job? For me, no chance. <laughs> no way. Like, let's find, let's find a way to, to do better. Yeah. Now, when it comes to these updates and, and, and all that kind of stuff, I, I do think there's more that we could do than just writing 100 more blog posts. And this might help you feel a little bit more secure. To me, I, I just am more and more and more recognizing the value of branding, Um, you know, these really, really passive blogs are awesome. It's great because it doesn't take like, it's just, you put content out there. Um, as long as we do a good job of, you know, writing good content, um, doing good search analysis, interlinking well, maybe doing some good industry outreach. We, we can, we can build up enough authoritativeness and have a pretty passive blog. But if we take that to the next level and we build a brand we have an email list where we actually put out like helpful content that people really like mm-hmm. maybe we start a podcast maybe we start a youtube channel if you if you're not into like the full on like production requirements of a youtube channel a podcast is great too and what does that do is it it builds followership yep. and that makes your brand way safer than if you're just relying on the traffic google sends you from month to month i think there are a lot of things we could do if that's, what, if that's what we're concerned about. You mentioned some others, diversifying income streams, building a second site, um, but also just adding other types of monetization. Mm-hmm. Um, really one of the best things we can do is just try to grow it overall high enough mm-hmm. that if there's a dip, who cares? It's still awesome and the income's great. So that's how I stay motivated is I just recognize that like, yes, there are things outside my control, but my overall growth trajectory is in my control I know what to do I know how to grow it yeah and if I'm patient and I just keep publishing then even with the ups and downs and ups and downs the overall trajectory is up and we're gonna hit a point where the ups and downs from month to month don't even bother me anymore because the average is so much better than what I've been experiencing before that's there's my uh long <laughs> um, <laughs> soliloquy there i hope yeah. uh I hope that's kind of motivating like Ah, to me, it is to know that, like, I have that kind of power to yeah. to, to, to create for myself what I want. When, when you work for somebody else, they have even more control over your income than Google does right now.
0: Yeah. And I was going to add to that. So Ricky knows this, but my husband's a chiropractor. And it's a great business. It's been really, really great and rewarding for him, but he has to physically be there to make a profit with his business. That's and true. there's only so many patients he can fit in per week. He does know if he gets so many patients per week, he will make X amount, but he's only one person right. and he only has you know so much energy to give. And so, yeah, that's the difference between a physical business and this type of business the more and more passive it becomes, the more you don't have to physically be there or the right. less time you spend um, creating content. Right.
1: It's super scalable. Yes. Most other businesses that most people run are not nearly as scalable as this. Yeah,
0: exactly. And in order for him to grow even more, he'd have to hire, you know, some other people to come in. Right. But of course, that... Uh, takes money as well, you know, from the business. So um, I would just continue, especially if you haven't been at it for very long and you are still super passionate about it. You actually like your niche or or your project, continue doing it. And also think of, are you actually trying to help people with your message and the knowledge that you have to pass on? Because that could be really motivating. I know it is for me, Um, knowing that somebody out there is helped because of you and maybe a little part of their life is changed. Uh, If you're not passionate about it and it just feels very commodity and you don't really know if you're helping people, I guess, it's really harder to stay motivated.
1: I think that's a terrific point. It can feel like I had so much more work to put more of myself into this. I'm trying to scale. I'm outsourcing some of my writing. So how do I How do I make sure I'm being really helpful to people? And you can do that. Like choose if you're going to outsource writing, like hire freelancers or a service or whatever, where you can actually, you know, give them expectations. Like uh, we're not just copying and pasting what else we see on the web. We're not regurgitating stuff. We need to find like good, helpful answers. If you can't find a good, helpful answer, don't write this article. Like, Mm -hmm. like we need to actually provide what's helpful. We're seeing, I'm seeing all the time, like, misinformation spreading across the web, answering questions, like, falsely, because some blogger wrote it wrong the first time, and everyone else based their research off the first blogger. Like, that's not helpful. All we're doing, and then, and then that's what ranks well, because Google's like, well, this is the consensus among all the experts. It's Mm -hmm. like, no, that's the consensus among all the copycats. Mm -hmm. Congratulations, you guys have just lied to the world. Like and we see it all the time. And when I see that in topics, I know something about it's really frustrating and we can beat that by the way, if, if we need to write an answer and it's not what the consensus is saying, you can just write in your article, you know, like in a snippet where directly answer a question, right in an answer target, like you can have some part of your article where you say, most people online will tell you that this is the answer to the question, but I've been doing this for a long time and I talked with multiple other experts and all of us disagree. This is actually the right answer to that question. Mm-hmm. There you go. Now you've just helped make the internet better. Right. And m- like actually helping people, if it's not something that's been a part of your life before, like, and I, and I'm sure that basically everybody listening to this has at some point had that opportunity to really like actually help someone, but it's actually like way motivating it's incredibly rewarding, and I would say more rewarding even than the income. Money is a good tool, and that's all it is. And it's really easy in, in business, in this, because it's so scalable. It's easy to get caught up and always want more and more and more, and now I'm going to build more sites and more sites and more sites, and then that becomes the dominating force in your life, is like, oh, well, I've done this really well, but I could scale even more. Mm -hmm. And like, to what end? You know, what's the goal here? Is it after you're making $50,000 a month, like what, like, what do we need beyond (laughs) that? I mean, like, really? right? Um, And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like there are lots of things you can do with even more money than that, if that's what you want. But I found that it does not, I think lots of people have found this, probably millions, More money beyond a certain point doesn't bring more happiness. And you actually will be more fulfilled if the work you're doing has a purpose and helps people. It's incredibly rewarding.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know for us, it is. It's super motivating. Um, And, you know, you don't count on this, but when we get the emails and the messages and the comments that where people say, uh, the program changed their life. They were able to quit their job. They were able to buy their first house or provide Or for their they family. just became a millionaire. Yes, yes, that not too. Not going to give away any
1: details because I was asked not to, but we just got that from a member.
0: Yeah, so that also encouraged yeah. us to keep going, and you at some point might get that same kind of feedback um, to yourself, and even just one will help you keep going.
1: Yeah, but. yeah.
0: All right. Did you have anything else on that?
1: No. I, okay. I'm motivated. I hope you guys are too. <laughs>
0: yeah. Every once in a while, you just need a little cheering on.
1: And I'll tell you, this is a little bit of a spoiler of content that's going to be coming out in the future. But like, guess what? Cook for Folks got hit mm-hmm. in May by about 15%. And then again in September. And that's not normal for our sites. Not all of our sites did, but it did. And I, there, I, we know some of the reasons why that might be the case. And we're going to be talking about that here in the future. But also the content on there is generally quite good. Mm-hmm. Like it shouldn't. I mean, Anna, you've put a ton of work into it. It's not like just a whole bunch of garbage content written by <laughs> um, whoever. Yeah, it's good information, and yet it got hit too. Yeah, and so I, I understand the feeling. But fortunately for us, like we're not relying on that income. It, we're yeah. we're working on it and we're testing things and. Anyway, so hopefully we'll be able to provide some really helpful information um, that might help some of you who have experienced that recently, but also just know that like we're there in the trenches with you Mm too and experiencing some of the same frustrating things. We know we're writing helpful content. So what's the deal, Google? Um, But we're going to work on it.
0: And yeah, we've seen um, those indications of success for Cook for Folks as well. We've seen lots of articles rank high. We've seen snippets. We've seen the traffic that they can get. So we know there's an audience out there. So we're just going to add some things, tweak a few things, and we know it has a lot of potential. Yeah. All right. So now on to a couple questions. So the first one is from Eowin 78 and they say as you all probably know by now my blog has been designed to create a community of one child families. Initially I added a forum to the blog but no one uses it. I've decided that it might be better to have a discord community instead as I want both parents and children to interact. I am launching an online games night event on discord to get people to sign up for the community. They need to sign up for my newsletter. I have created a pop-up for this but it is still the forum and a sign-up page for the website. I swear only spammers sign up for that. Do you think I should get rid of the forum and the other sign-up page now or wait to see if the Discord community is a success?
1: I would I would get rid of it. I would take anybody that's a user in the forum or who's signed up um, and you have contact info for them. I'd send them an email saying, Hey, we're upgrading. Mm -hmm. Um, we're gonna move to a Discord community because it's a better platform than this forum that we have. And um, you know, and if you can filter out some of those like legit spammers, you don't need to tell them you're starting a Discord, (laughs) but like it's gonna be a better platform for what you're doing. So, like, yeah, move to that. If the forum isn't working, I don't see any reason to hold it and 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 create that confusion, right? Mm -hmm. What do I sign up for? Which one? We're moving in this direction. The Discord community is far more likely to be a success if that's your focus and that's the one place you funnel people to as opposed to having a split message so go all in on the new one Mm -hmm. and I I just don't see any risk yeah Uh, especially if you say no one's using it if you have signups like great send out a great email that promotes why this community is going to be really awesome or why it is really awesome and invite them to to join it, and then also to participate in it. Tell them how they can participate Mm -hmm. and um, let them know about these cool things you're going to do, the game nights and stuff. Give them a good reason to want to be in there. And then some of them will, absolutely.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like you mentioned, if you haven't really seen a bunch of traction from that forum, you know, you don't really want to spend your time trying to juggle both. Right, yeah. It's your time, it's your energy, so put that one maybe on the back burner and then focus your energy to this other one. Yep. All right. Uh, next question is from Anna Russia. And she says, I'm planning to sell my site with empire flippers and thinking of when is the best time to do it before or after the holiday season selling after mid December brings more benefits to me on the side. Buyers will more likely to buy before holiday season. What do you think? When should I start with evaluation and make a listing?
1: Um I'm I'm curious I would maybe even ask empire flippers like what do they see from buyers in terms of the you know the end of the year and purchases and stuff. I'd be curious because I would think most buyers after mid-December, you know, here here in the US at least like mid-December to the end of the year, a lot of people are checked out. Yeah. It's kind of family time, it's vacation time, it's holiday time. You know, here in Idaho, it's like, I'll be up in the mountain snowmobiling (laughs) until until January, you know, or Or, skiing, skiing, whatever Whatever it is. Like, that's how things are here. Um, And when again, when I worked for other companies, it was like, last two weeks of the year, basically the office is empty. People (laughs) just aren't in that mode of thought. So I'm curious, they probably have data around it and could give you some good guidance on when's the best time to sell. Um, I'm thinking from a tax standpoint, like if I'm a buyer and I have some extra money and I want to save on taxes, buying before the end of the year doesn't help me a lot because most of the time when I purchase a site, I'm not, I'm going to dep- end up depreciating it over time. So like if somebody spends, if I spend $50,000 on a website, I don't necessarily get to write all of it off in my taxes for this year. So rushing it in before the end of the year doesn't It's not the same benefit as, like, we need a bunch of new computers. Uh, Yeah, let's buy them now in December and Mm -hmm. save on this year's taxes, Um, which is always kind of a funny thing because, like, if I buy them in January, I save on next year's taxes. (laughs) But, I mean. Yeah, Yeah, you just just have to wait. um, Yeah. Uh, Saving money now versus saving money a year from now is is always better. But anyway, so I'm not sure um, when is better, but those are just some of my considerations. I would ask Empire Flippers, like, is there more buyer activity or less mm-hmm. um, what about in January is there more or less if there's more buyer activity then you're more likely to get more for your site uh, it's just kind of like when there's more people trying to buy houses in your area the house prices go up because there's just more competition more demand mm-hmm. so um, the same would be true here and so I don't know I'm not sure it makes a big difference but they would probably know yeah um, anyway I've been talking and working with Empire flippers a bit lately and I'm, I'm really happy with their process. They've really, it's, it's really hammered out. It's, it's pretty fast, um, depending on the size and um, really the, the cost of the sales price of the site. Uh, the more expensive the site, the longer it usually takes to work out all the details. Um, so depending on where you're at in terms of that, uh, it could go really fast. I worked with um, a Project 24 member a couple months ago it was like a couple weeks. Like they started the process and within, I want to say it probably took like one to two weeks to list it, but then it sold within a few days and it like closed, like had the money in hand like really quickly after that. Mm-hmm. So again, depending on how big your site is, I would say if it's like, if you're going to make 50, $75,000 from the sale, it's probably going to go fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. If, if it's a site that's making more, you know, just assume like a 30, 35 times multiplier. Um, it could be more than that, it could be less. They're gonna help you through that process. But um, just for thinking in my brain, I was just I'm like, well, it's 30 times that, maybe add a little bit more, um, just for easy math. So, you know, if you're making five thousand dollars a month, you know, thirty times that it's hundred and fifty thousand dollar site. Like, okay, that one might take a month. But they're going to, I mean, they're going to work through vetting and listing it, even that within probably a few weeks. Awesome. I'd probably get started on it sooner rather than later. I'd start the conversation with them. And if you want to hold off listing it, even though it's ready, I think they'll work with you on that too. So I would just start now.
0: It'd be interesting to know. So I would, I would love to know. Yeah. If you're open to it, maybe update us later.
1: Yeah. I'd love to know what they say in terms of selling around that time of year. But yeah, I'd also love to know kind of what your experience is with Empire Flippers as well. So feel free to keep us updated. I'd
0: Great question. Definitely interested. Yep. All right. Well, that's what we have today. So thank you so much for listening to the Project 24 Blogging Podcast and have a wonderful rest of your day or evening or morning, whatever it is. <laughs>